One. Hello, everyone. You're listening to J Bill for Real, the podcast. That's J Bill for Real, the podcast. This is your host, J Bill. And tonight I am hanging out with Ethan Shukas. Say hello to everyone, Ethan. Hello, everybody. Okay. I mean, you could elaborate past that. <laughs> you don't have to just do the hello and everything. You know, say a few um, words. All right. Well, I hope that if Zach listens to this, that he doesn't regret me being uh, the one talking about his Steelers. <laughs> I'm sure Zach will be listening to this. Uh, and uh, I'm sure there's <laughs> at least one Cleveland Browns fan listening to this, too. So. Uh, so, yeah, no, oh, tonight we're going to have a fun time. We are breaking down the AFC North. That is the AFC North. Just want to give a few quick shout outs before we get started with that. And uh, first, shout out to Anchor. Thank you for uh, hosting, for publishing, for distributing. They do the whole thing um, from, uh, from start to finish for independent podcasters. And, uh, yeah, they do it all for free. So uh, just a big, huge shout out to them. Uh, thank you for World and Sport for allowing me to write columns for them. I, they're, uh, I'm their lead NFL writer. So check it out sometime. That's World in Sport. And I uh, also just want to give a... Uh, a shout out to all of our fans who have listened to this up to this point in time. We thank you. Thank you for the listens. Thank you for the ratings. And just uh, thank you for tuning in. You're a part of this. Uh, I have officially set up a, uh, a Facebook page for the JML for Real podcast. That way you can interact a little more freely and you don't have to try to find me by messenger or anything like that. So uh, that will be in the show notes. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to interact. Uh, say things that you like say things that you don't like things that you disagree with about the podcast and uh or even ideas for new podcasts on that page so i'm definitely open to uh to listening to what you want to hear because after all you're the ones making this possible so thank you again and uh yeah we're just gonna dive right into this tonight we are talking about the afc north That'll be the Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say this right from the start. Um, I know who who I believe is the best team in this division. And then the other teams, it's just really hard to place where they're going to be in the final standings for me. So... For, for, for me, it's a for for me, it's a pretty obvious who's first and then a not as obvious uh, how the other three will do. What about you, Ethan? Um, well, I have kind of a controversial take on that. Um, oh. To me, this is like, yeah, to me, I see this as like the NFC West light, uh, meaning two things, meaning the first that um, I could see any of these teams. All right, and I know that's going to be controversial because that includes the Bengals, but I, I, I don't. Think I mean, for them, the Bengals be... being in it is as controversial as the, as the Browns not being the best team, in your opinion. But uh, we'll, we'll discuss okay. that further. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I think I think any team could win it. Obviously, the Bengals would have more of an uphill battle for that. And then the other reason they're the NFC West light is because I think that they're all going to be pretty formidable teams this year um, for various reasons. They all have a lot of different strengths going for them and some weaknesses, too. Okay, Um, you're not not saying they're as good as the NFC West, though, right? 
No, no, no. That's why I said light afterwards. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I needed to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not a madman. I love the awkward silence after you saying you're not a madman, for the record. That, uh, that definitely was right. I, I paused just long enough to make it as awkward as possible. Yeah, but just, uh, just okay. enough to make me doubt it. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, let's get started with uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, um, yeah, uh, let, yeah, let's get started um, at, at the top. And, uh, you know, for some teams, the top is uh, the head coach. For some, it's the front office. Uh, for me, the top of this team is Lamar Jackson because I think there's – more than enough storylines and controversies and debate about Lamar Jackson to, uh, you know, to, to, to obviously have uh, give us a, a good little while. So we're going to try not to spend a, a half hour on Lamar alone. But what are your thoughts? Where does Lamar Jackson rank as a quarterback, a leader and a passer, in your opinion? Um. Well, I think as a quarterback, like as a whole package, yeah, I would def I would put him top half. But you know, it, it's it's hard because as a passer, um, he's not. So the, I think it's odd because it's like he's not a terrible. He's not the worst passer. It's just this system doesn't really. Uh, it's not built on him passing a lot. Like his completion percentage last year was. Um, wasn't bad. It was 64%. So like, I, I love how you have to clarify that a guy who was a league MVP two years ago, isn't the worst passer though. I think that says a lot about, uh, what we're both trying to, what we both have considered dodging with this question, but I'll come right out and say it as a quarterback. I actually, do, I actually think that he is a, that he's a good quarterback in this league. I, obviously, I'm not going to put him up with uh, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, so on and so forth, Aaron Rodgers. But I, I think that he mm -hmm. is, a, as a quarterback overall, that you could win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. And there's a lot of quarterbacks in this league that you couldn't win a Super Bowl with. And I, I think I'd be a little more generous than, than uh, you saying top half. I would go with top 10. But as a passer, I would put him bottom 10. Thoughts on that? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would. I mean, like I said, his completion percentage last year didn't show me anything that was like he's terrible. It's the eye test. Um, so you had... watch a game, you never get the feeling that he's as, he's as good of a passer as the person he's playing against. I watched him four times last season, and I felt – he was the inferior passer in all, all, all four games. Okay. I mean, I guess for myself, uh, um, going off his stats, I I believe that that doesn't show that he's a bottom ten in, in passing. But in the same in the same breath, it's it's hard to to really uh, give an honest judgment on him because of um, you know who they have as as their offensive coordinator with Greg Rowland. I mean, this is yeah. just a, a run-heavy team, and that's what they ask of him to do. You know, they ask him to um, to keep teams honest because he's going to be – I mean, last season he ran for over 1,000 yards. So it's it's a bit um, – I understand, like, 
that we can say, uh, you know, he hasn't shown us enough in the passing game. And that's fair. But in the same token, he hasn't been asked to show us much in the passing game. So uh, could I also want to go on record. I, I, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's calling him a running back that that passes. Uh, I Lamar Jackson is, is a legit uh, top 10 quarterback, in my opinion. He's got the leadership skills. He doesn't just run first automatically. He, he knows what. He, he knows when to do what he can march a team down the field. Like I, I, I don't question him as a quarterback at all. I'm just saying that if, uh, you know, it, m- my criticism is, is purely based off of uh, not speculation. Um, what, what am I trying to say? My criticism is be- bears no fruit in an actual NFL game because we're not, um, Wow, what is the word? What is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, the uh, th- not theoretically, man. Okay, I just lost a word from my vocabulary completely, and I can't remember <laughs> what it is. Hypothetically, there we go. Uh, it, I I only ha- I have his weaknesses being more or less purely hypothetical because there's no way to take away every um. There's no way to force him to just be a passer. His game will always include rushing. It'll always include leadership. So really, right. it's no criticism against his game as a whole. It's just a hypothetical. If he had to just stand back and pass the whole game, which he will never have to just do that, I, I don't rank him that high. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. yeah. Man, no, that I can't believe sense. I forgot the word hypothetical. Like, how do you forget that <laughs> word, right? <laughs> Yeah. It's like when you when you're trying to think of like the word cabinet and you're just like, no, that's not it. Like that doesn't make sense. English is hey, honey, weird. does this go in the cabinet or the refrigerator? Oh, countertop. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean I I would agree with you on, on that. Um and it, it'll be interesting to see because they're sticking with Greg Roman this year. Um so I don't think, you know, I don't think we can expect like much of an improvement in the passing game. Um, but again, we so don't have the to. You know, they're, they're... Of, uh, Sammy Watkins and Rashad Bateman. Um, oh, I meant like stats, like how many yards they get. I mean, we'll see. I, I think we'll see a bump in that. Um, but I don't think like regarding, uh, you know, like his his um, touchdown. Uh, percentage or like his completion percentage i don't think that'll be affected too too much um at least this year i mean moving forward once the other guys get um, more involved then definitely but you have to you have to realize too that like these new players including sammy watkins are coming in and they're going to see playing time it's not like um you know it's not like they're bench warmers or anything but they they're not going to be uh they're not like heavily involved as much as they would be on other teams. So, you know, them kind of adjusting to this, I don't know. I mean, could they adjust right away? And, you know, especially Sammy Watkins having been on another team um, for at least like four years or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't see, I don't see them like focusing more on the passing game, even if they have better weapons. Um, I still see them, you know, they have Greg Roman still, 
They so, got JK so you Dobbins think it's a product year. purely of the offensive coordinator? You don't think it has anything to do with the fact that they've had uh, two or three strong running backs in the past and Larry Little at the wide receiver? You think it's more of a product of the offensive coordinator? I I think I would lean that way because I think if they uh, you know I think if they wanted to have a different identity as an offense, then I think they would have. Uh, you know, before this season, this off season and, and the draft uh, gone after wide receivers. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what we see in this offense is more of a, a product of, um, of, you know, Greg Roman wanting that to be their identity, that they're uh, a run heavy offense that utilizes the RPO threat. And again, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not trash talking it. Like it, it clearly works. I mean, they were in the, they were in the playoff, uh, the Super Bowl picture last season, um, you know, so. They were kind of in the Super Bowl picture. I mean, honestly, with with the trashing that the Chiefs gave to the Bills in the title game and how much better the Bills looked than most of the rest of the AFC, there really wasn't any team in the play, in the Super Bowl picture besides Kansas City and Buffalo last year, I feel. But, eh. uh, so, okay, so I guess what, here, here's where I'm confused with the Ravens. So, and what you, what you said just gave me some level of clarity, and I, I think it could be a good thing if they continue that way. But when, when I see some of the new weapons that were brought in, particularly Rashad Bateman, um, who many people think is going to be the second best rookie wide receiver in this draft, I was surprised to see uh, surprised to see how popular it was at first, but then I, you know, watched a little more tape and whatnot, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I I, I could definitely see it. Uh, I, I I believe in Rashad Bateman. So p- part of me, part of me is hesitant to say they're just going to go the way of the offensive coordinator. If they do, I think that will be a continued recipe for success as far as the Ravens' offense goes. Um, my biggest concern lies in the fact that they'll try to that they'll stray from that identity a little um, that they might go with a JK Dobbins handling most of the load himself at running back rather than the three headed monster that they've done in the past. And that they will uh, rely on the passing game a little bit more, but uh, you know what? You're right. When you, uh, when you're talking about, uh, well, when you're talking about the uh, OC, so, I think that even just off of that, my opinion of the Ravens may have changed a little, but again, I don't know. So you think this offense is going to be more of the same? I would, I think I would largely agree. Um, I think that we'll see uh, some more, I think we'll see some more success in them, like finding pay dirt, but regarding, like I said, like passing yards, yes, there'll be, there's going to be a bump because they've um they've upgraded uh and so i think we'll see like a modest bump there but again i don't think that that's i don't think that's going to change their game plan uh heading into the season i don't i don't think um i don't think jim harbaugh and uh and uh greg roman are looking at this team and they're thinking all right well we added sammy Watkins, we got um rashad bateman and we got tylen wallace let's switch it up and start like dump uh you know let's let's switch it up and 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 become more of a of 
uh, a passing offense. I don't think that's going to happen. Do you now, think the rushing uh, game he, is going to be more of the uh, three-headed monster that we've seen in the past, or do you think that we're going to see more of a feature back in J.K. Dobbins? Um, so I saw that Greg Roman was saying he wants J.K. Dobbins to get more involved in the passing game, which I kind of like. I mean, aside from like fantasy stuff and all that, I like that because it, it shows that, um, you know, they're not just going to try and repeat um, using the same methods. They're going to try to adapt. They're going to try to, uh, I don't want to say like perfect the game, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they're going to try to improve um, and, and tweak some things here and there and, and having, an, having to, um, you know, watch out for J.K. Dobbins. If he's, I think that's super smart of them too because if, if um, opposing teams know that they have to make sure that, hey, J.K. Dobbins is swinging out right, like he might be catching some pitch passes or whatever, um, then I think... Uh, that's just going to open up the field for burners like Watkins and yeah, Bateman. I, exactly. It's going to open up the field and it's, it's going to help, uh, you know, Jackson if he needs to to uh oh yeah because i guess Jackson, it, you know turn on the jets so run the other end yeah so having I think a feature really back smart. might actually help this offense a lot yeah so i i think we'll see i i guess um you know i know i know the nfl is kind of funny because like there's coach speak and that's definitely a thing where some coaches can't be trusted or or people on, on the coaching staff um but I guess I'll trust Greg Roman on this. And I think that that would be a smart move for them. I, I think I think we'll see more of a uh, feature system. But um, see, yeah, my whole I, thing, I think like, it'll just. I agree with you that, it's, that? that it would be smart for them to do it. I just look on that bench. I still see uh, the Gus bus, Gus Edwards. I still see um, what's his face? Uh, Justice Hill. Uh, guys who I know who have taken away hand handoffs from a uh, J.K. Dobbins in the, in the past. So I'm a little, I don't know, uh, call it a little concerned. I, I think it's better for them if they do go with just Dobbins as the feature back and filter in the other two lightly. Uh, or if even if they did a two back on the field at the same time, I would be okay with that. I just kind of feel like they're not going to get away from that over what which which has worked for them the final the previous two seasons well what do you mean by um by like feature back because i think those i mean they'll, they'll definitely sprinkle in like gus edwards or or even justice hill here and there but it's it's not going to count like i don't see justice hill getting more than two carries a game and i mean gus edwards yeah that'll be different like I think we could probably see Dobbins handle between maybe 10 to 14. Cause I mean, you got Lamar Jackson there. It is a run heavy offense. So, and then I, I think like Gus Edwards might handle like, I don't know, maybe like five or eight. Okay. Um, so you're still thinking and maybe that's that JK Dobbins is only going to be 10 to 15 rather than 15 to 20. Yeah, I think be, well because they're going to be designing a lot of plays around like Lamar Jackson. It, it's not like yeah, um, you know they're they're going to be designing a lot of RPOs. They're going to be designing a lot of trick plays. Um, I think so at least that um, you know uh, Jackson's going to be the the main guy on those plays. Like yeah. it's not going to be like hey if this falls apart you run. It's going to be like no you run this right now, and they're going to be looking hopefully looking the other way. So I think. I, I think like I don't I don't think we we're gonna see Dobbins um 
getting past like 17 touches a game. Um, I'm not saying they, they can't work with that. I'm just saying I don't think that's the case because I think uh, Lamar Jackson is way too involved in the rushing game intentionally that it, yeah. they're not going to want to do that. And I don't think they should either. I think, like you were saying, with a, a three-headed monster um, type deal, I don't think that they should be, um, you know, putting all of that, uh, not just pressure, but like um, uh, like physical demands on one back. Because if Dobbins goes down for some reason, um, and I, I'm not trying to say that he, I don't think he could handle that workload, I guess what I'm just trying to say is like, I think what they have now, and if they um, tweak that to allow a, a pass catching um, running back, who's got a little bit more carries than he did last year, mm-hmm. I think they'll be really successful. I don't think they need to, to switch it up and, and you know, kind of lighten uh, Lamar Jackson's workload in favor of Dobbins. So we're probably looking at Dobbins's extra, extra touches are, are purely coming from him becoming more involved in the passing game. So really, we're, we're just looking at Dobbins a little more in the passing game, uh, uh, upgrades at wide receivers, but similar roles to the past. And we're, we're looking at the same offense that we've looked at over the course of the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I think we could. I, I think we could um, say that. OK, well, I mean, obviously, that's good because two years ago, it did help him win, a, win an MVP. So, you know. Assuming that everything continues to progress the way that it should. Um, my and last biggest season concern... two would knock them. What was that? What's that? Oh, I was going to say last season two, the, uh, you know, what took them out of the playoffs, um, they lost to the Titans, but. Um, no, they beat the Titans you last know, the... year. They lost to the Bills. No, in the playoffs, they lost in the divisional round, 28 to 12. To the Titans. No, now it's two years ago. No, I, I have it up right in front of me. I think you might be thinking of two years ago. This was last year, January 11, 2020. Yeah, January 11, 2020. Uh, last playoffs was for them was in 2021. Oh, my gosh. You're right. Yeah, they they, beat, right. they got revenge on the Titans <laughs> last year in the first round of the playoffs. And then I I I don't want to know what the score of that Bills game was, but if I'm uh, not remembering the score seven. of that Bills game, it 17. was probably a massacre. Yeah, 3 to 17. Okay, I don't know why I didn't catch that. Um okay, okay. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I think if you look at that team and they have those uh, upgrades on their um, receiving core, I think that'll help give them an edge. I mean, what do you think knocked them out of that? Do you think it was just, do you think, think it was more so the Bills or team. do you think? Yeah. I think the Bills are just okay. a better team. Yeah. I don't, you know, the, the truth is we, we can talk about that offense all we want, and we can point out that Lamar won an MVP two years ago, but that offense isn't as good as the Buffalo offense. It's not as good as the Kansas City offense. It's it, it's probably not as good as the Cleveland offense or the Steeler offense. As a matter of fact, you could still mm. say that offense is the worst offense in that division. 
but uh, not still. You could potentially say that offense is the worst offense in that division. Right. Doesn't detract anything from Lamar, J- Lamar Jackson. It's more on uh, Roman, in my opinion. Uh, the, the AFC has some high-powered offenses. It's not, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, when, when I look at I, I've been beating around the bush the whole time. I, I'm not. I don't think that there's enough uh, up. No, let's talk about the defense first before I say it. Um, defense lost Yannick and it lost Matthew Judon. It's sliding Derek Wolf over from defensive tackle back to defensive end. And it remains basically the same as it was a year ago, other than it lost two key pass rushers. Please explain to me how this is at all remotely positive for the Baltimore Ravens. Because when I look at this, yeah, okay, Marcus Peter and Marlon Humphrey are, are definitely a good cornerback duo. Uh, Taven Young is, is, is a great addition on, on the nickel. And, you know, you still have Chuck Clark back there. Titus, ba- uh, Tyus Bowser has played nice roles in the past. Patrick Queen is a really good middle linebacker. But when I look at it, I'm not sure this Ravens front gets a pass rush anymore. And honestly, their pass rush right. wasn't as good as a lot of people thought it was last year. It's just they have they have people in the secondary who are really good at punching a football out. Um, yeah, they they definitely lost that status as like an elite pass uh, pass rush. And now they're going to try to do it without Judon and Yannick, and it's not like they're replacing them with some stud younger players that. Um, uh, that it's like, oh, wow, no, I'm looking forward to that. They just promoted people who were on the bench. Like, I remember Pernell uh, McPhee. He's now the starting uh, edge rusher on the team. And honestly, yeah, he's a nice little player. He's not the guy that you need in the Yannick role, though. And no, I, I am not. He was in the league like, 10 years ago. Yeah. And when you consider the fact that in this division, you have, uh, I get it that they're old, but, you know, one team has Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr., Hollywood Higgins. Another team has Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. Another team has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Um, if you can't get a pass rush, especially since there's questions about the Steelers' offensive line and there's uh, bigger questions about the Bengals' offensive line, if the Ravens can't get a pass rush versus those two teams, which there's a chance that they're not going to be able to with what they have up front, they're going to get shredded and they're going to lose shootouts to two of their three divisional opponents. Yeah. And I get it. The AFC North always plays each other close and everything, but, um, and, and I, I get it. These these games are slug them out games and they're strong running backs. Their defense is still a strong defense. I'm not trying to minimize the fact that it's still a strong defense. I'm just saying that I I don't think they get a pass rush anymore. And I think we're going to find out how strong Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are as a cornerback duo because the quarterbacks against them uh, are going to have that extra second to, to throw a pass. And honestly, no matter how good you are, if you're being given that extra second, there there's a handful of guys that can that can work with that extra second and still uh, and still have the advantage. I don't think that Humphrey and 
and uh, Peters are at that level of the uh, Tredavious Whites or the Jair Alexanders or the Jalen Ramseys of this league. And any thoughts on that? Or do you think that I'm up underrating that uh, Baltimore cornerback duo? No, I, I definitely think that the, the loss of the um, pressure that they're going to be able to, to put on the quarterback, um, I, I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely going to wear down on, on the defense. It's definitely going to, um, there's definitely going to be more times that there's, uh, you know, there's a guy breaking away from a cornerback or, or safety than there is with um, the, that pass rush they had last year. I don't know how, how much it'll hurt them, but you know, it, it's definitely going to be, um, it's definitely not working in their favor for sure. So, could they go one and five in the division? I believe I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, I think, I mean, so like def defensively, like that's, um, that's going to cost them. Um, but I think regarding like the other teams being able to stop Lamar Jackson from utilizing his legs. I think that'll help them. Uh, I guess kind of like um, even the odds with that. So yeah, but it, down I by think 14, do... you still trust that Ravens offense as much as you do as up by seven. No, no, I, I don't. Because really it's only going to take uh you know, uh, opposing team drives the field uh, the first drive. The Ravens drive it 50 yards and then punt or, or kick a field goal. And then the other team goes back for a touchdown. They're now down 14 to three. That changes the whole dynamic of what the Ravens offense is. And yes, I get that uh, you're still, you're still going to run with Lamar, but are you going to run as much with J.K. Dobbins at that point? I, I don't. I don't, it would be interesting to find out, like, is there a quick way to look this up? I wonder how many times the Ravens were down by two scores and ended up winning the game at all in the last two seasons. I'd have to imagine mm -hmm. that it's not that many. Right. Um. I don't know. Well, let me take a shot at that right now. Uh, yeah, talk about overall where you see Baltimore in this picture. Um, so overall in this division, I believe I'll. I I, I think um, I think it's fair to put them at third. I still think uh, you know, like um, we'll talk about them later, obviously. But I think the Bengals still have quite a bit of improvements to do, or at least just to show. Um, cause they've definitely on paper made, uh, made some good improvements. Um, I think that, I think the RPO that, that they're going to use with Jackson, I think him, um, you know, rushing for a thousand yards last season and, and that being, uh, his third season in the league. Um, well, fourth, I think third that, season as a starter. Yeah. I, I think that's gonna, uh, you know, I think that that's still going to be something that works for them. So, yeah, for myself, I'm going to put them at third. 
Okay, so uh, I'm not seeing any quick stats as far as the Ravens Well, when they're down by two scores. I will mm-hmm. look for it, and I'll try to put it in the show notes. Um, but honestly, I don't think that there were – even if I have to go through it game by game and follow the box stores, I'll, I'll get it into those show notes. But at the same time, it's uh, I, I couldn't imagine that it's anything significant. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to go with something that is contrary to stuff I've been saying the whole off season. And I I don't want this to be misinterpreted as me believing that the Bengals made the right move when they drafted Jamar Chase. Um, But I think the Ravens are going to be fourth in the division. Okay. So you Uh, think that the Bengals are going to be able to like get enough, uh, traction with the new uh additions to that team i i kind of feel like uh jordan hicks is going to come over from the cardinals and help to solve the linebacker problem at some point in time in this offseason i also feel that uh there's a lot of uh disgruntled cornerbacks in the league right now that that are looking like they might need a trade and i know that cincinnati has some cap space so i'm thinking that there's a chance that cincinnati's defense is going to improve um before this season begins i'm also that'd be a great move if they got hicks right but obviously we'll cover this we'll cover this more under cincinnati i i'm i'm going to say a few things that are contrary to things that i've said on this show up to this point in time but after but not but not really contrary like i need it to be clear that i am holding to they made the wrong choice with their first selection in the draft Um, and, but I, am also going to point out how they can turn that bad situation into something good. Any, despite it. Um, so with that said, I believe that the Ravens are the worst team in that division. Um, I don't mainly because I think a lot of that division is going to come down to, uh, them beating up each other, and I'm not sure that the Ravens are going to go more than one in five yeah, as, the, as the four teams beat up each other. And I think it's going to – I'm not projecting the Ravens for some four or five win season. I need that to be pretty clear. Uh, so, yes, I, I guess I guess that, um, that, that, that goes to show that I think the Bengals are going to be much closer to 500 than the Jets or Jaguars. And we'll – Again, we'll cover that more under Cincinnati, but uh, I would not be shocked if this Ravens team only won seven or eight games. Okay. Yeah, I think I would uh, – I'm a little bit higher on that um, since I put them third. I would I would think like um, – you know, I think they'll be floating around nine wins, but um, – I mean, nine is, yeah, nine is still I, not that much higher. <laughs> No, it's not. And, and, you know, I don't think they're like I said, the, um, this is the NFC West light to me. So I think I think like the difference between the, the Bengals and the Ravens um, is going to be a lot uh, smaller in in, uh, you know, how they finish than people might think. And uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, I wasn't like I don't think the, the Bengals are in a bad spot. I just think, um, you know, on paper, they on paper. They look really good, but it's a matter of uh, showing that with the the new additions they got. Yeah. Over the Ravens. Yeah. 
And I, I do think it has a chance if they try to change their identity and they become a pass first team. I think this, I think there's a chance that this team just completely blows up this year. I, I just want to say that because I don't like the Ravens as a pass first team. Uh, though uh, you, you basically calmed the, uh, you calmed my nerves on that at the beginning when you were pointing out, uh, you know, you know, when you were talking about uh, what's his face, uh, the offensive coordinator, um, Roman. Greg Roman. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do not think that's going to change. So, but yeah, let's, uh, let, let's move on to Cincinnati now because uh, they're next alphabetically and uh, there's a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to shut up on the, on the uh, on the fifth pick overall of the draft, you you guys have heard what what I said in previous episodes. Just letting you know, I'm holding to it. I'm not taking it back or anything. Uh, <laughs> w- w- with that said, um, how could you not be excited to have uh, Higgins, Chase, and Boyd as your wide receiver core, uh, knowing that you have? Uh, no, you know, I'm not going to put him in this category because I think Mixon deserves his own little talk during the course of this. But let, let's, uh, okay. again, start at the top, um, which if, if I want, felt like beating a dead horse, I would continue to talk about the Bengals' front office. Um, but I, I'm not going to. Let, let's start with Joe Burrow here. Um, had a conversation uh with with, with, uh someone recently uh it it was zach and uh he said that he thinks that joe uh uh, burrow could be russell wilson 2.0 um you know a guy who is able to win despite his line and i'm like yeah i'm not (laughs) sure i saw that i went back and i watched some uh, some joe burrow clips and I'm mm-hmm. starting to believe that Joe Burrow could potentially be Russell Wilson 2.0. What do you have to think about that? Um, so I, I, uh, I hadn't seen um, much of his tape, um, but I, I can understand that. Uh, I can understand that comparison. And I think regarding his situation compared to Russell Wilson, I think he's in a, I think if he's going to do it, he's definitely got, um, he's definitely got like the, uh, you know, a strong offense like Russ does. Um, so yeah. would I be surprised if he gets there? No, I wouldn't be. And I'm, I'm really just, I mean, I'm rooting so hard for Burrow to just to come back after that injury. And, and I really hope well, that, I mean, um, looking at the reports that the, the reports are all, are all good. Uh, they're talking about how he's, uh, how he's, his running game is sharp, how he's making cuts that, that they've never seen him make before, how he actually looks improved as a runner and a scrambler in this offseason post surgery, as opposed to how he looked in this first year. So, and, you know, I mean, you go to anyone who's listening, go to Google right now and type in Joe Burrow entry. You're not going to find a negative story in the first 10. Um, or at least, you know, unless something changed in the last, uh, you know, obviously you, you're not listening to this uh, show right as I record it. So as of the date that this happened, the top 10 stories about the Joe Burrow injury are all completely positive and all imply that he's going to be much better as both a passer and a scrambler in 2021 than he was in 2020. 
Yeah, um, I, I agree. And and most of the stuff against him isn't really against him. It's it's his situation. It's that line, like we were saying. Yeah. He was sacked 32 times in 10 games. So, you know, you... you um, and you know what? Some They make... What's that? I, am, I know that some people are talking about that offensive line like it's much better than it looks and uh, how they, you know, there's a new O-line coach who has built... O-line strong in the past. Uh, the guy who built the Cowboys offensive line is the on, on, uh, offensive line coach. Uh, and they're, they're, they're giving, uh, you know, good shout outs to uh, what's his face. Um, Their coach or uh, no, to both uh, the, the rookie uh, tackle Jonah Williams and uh, the free agent they brought in Riley uh, Reif. Um, I don't okay. buy it. I'm just going to go right on record <laughs> and say I don't buy it at all. I still think you have a bottom five offensive line in this league. I don't want to hear that you have a great coach. I don't want to hear that you're optimistic about the free agent you brought in or the lineman that you brought in the second round who who was like of a fourth or fifth round value. Um, I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. I am willing to die with that statement. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, if you want to prove me wrong, go out and be in a uh, go out and be a a, t- a top half of the league uh, offensive line this year. And uh, no, I'm not even gonna apologize if you're in the top half. Unless you're in the top ten this year, don't even bother to approach me for an apology. <laughs> so, any thoughts on that line, though? Um, there's a chance that uh, the coach and uh, the two additions in Rife and uh, and Williams can make a difference. Yeah, it'll definitely make a difference. I don't think they're just going to magically be top half. I do like the I do like the the um, the potential they have for for improvement with that offensive line coach and with because we've seen that before. We've seen some. Uh, we've been able to see teams that didn't have any like star talent on on their um, yeah, but you offensive know, line that were able. To- you know, th- this offensive line coach did it with a Dallas Cowboys offensive line that was super talented to begin with. Like it, we're not. I'm not going to give him credit for the fact that uh, the GM got him five studs. Like it, it, it's easy to be good when your GM is doing a great job for you. Yeah, I think I think though that we can look at a, a few things. We can look at players who have been freed from terrible coaching or teams in general. So we've seen, yes. uh, you know, um, Adam Gase, for example, um, and, and the and the players that have come out under his thumb. Um, we've seen some teams like when uh, um, we've seen like uh, like Green Bay, for instance, getting rid of McCarthy. Um, the Rams getting rid of uh, Jeff Fisher. I think that was his name, right? Jeff Fisher. Oh, yeah. You're not even taking a shot. Yeah. So you to take a shot at Bill O'Brien here. <laughs> it's like you were. Well, well we haven't Brian seen. We, well, we, we haven't seen what Houston looks like without him fully. We saw half a season. Uh, but, you know, I mean, so, so we've, we've, yeah. you know, that's definitely something that can happen. Um, we, we know that coaching, so we know coaching makes a difference. Again, I'm not saying that they're going to be jumping to even top 20, 
um, for their line. But will they improve enough to to prevent Burrow from getting sacked 32 times? Yeah, I believe so. And I believe <laughs> that they're going to be uh, – so I think that's going to underline a lot of their um, – a lot of the success they do find this season is those little bits of improvement. So I, but I, I don't know anyone that is saying like, they're going to be a top half O line. I just no, think, I that don't think they're going to be improved that, enough to, but people are the, the narrative is uh, what they're saying is people who think that it's uh doomsday for the off, uh, offensive line or, or uh, they, they basically think people like me uh, need to shut up. But they're not actually <laughs> saying it's going to be a top 10 unit. Um, and honestly, okay. I'm just letting whoever they are know that I'm not going to shut up and I'm closer to being right than they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think they'll be around. I think they'll be around 25 this season, which I think will be enough to. Uh, I think I think that'll I think them getting that um, speaks for how much I think that they can improve with this coaching. And again, uh, I I say improvement, but I'm still ranking them at at around 25. So yeah, which you is, know, which is very I'm, fair. I'm not... You can be improved and be 25th because what? Yeah, were, were they were they last last year or were they second to last last year? I would, man, I would think they were last. I can look it up. Um, they were bottom two last year. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, they definitely were. So In a league that had some pretty bad line. teams, too. It, it's like, you know, it, we saw very bad seasons from the Jets, the Jaguars, and the Texans last year. And they so this is PFF. Yeah. Oh, sorry. This is PFF. They were bottom. They were third. Third worst. Okay. Uh, who the was worse? Two... Seattle and who? No, not Seattle. Oh. Seattle was uh, quite a few spots. This is PFF, so I mean, I don't know. Seattle no, wasn't it's a reliable in the bottom... source. Who, uh, who the Seattle wasn't in them? the bottom twenty. Uh, so who was below them was the Giants and the Chargers. <laughs> per PFF. Okay, there you go. I mean, so bottom three. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't think I'm that far off. Still predicting bottom five. I think you're probably closer picking uh, picking them as seventh worst. Uh, it, I mean, we agree on the general range of where it's going to be. Uh, I personally yeah. think that after giving it more thought, I think that Burrow can be the guy to potentially overcome that. I, I think this season is completely lost if they do lose Burrow again with an injury. Like, you're, you're going to see how bad it can be once again if they lose him. But um, I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic if I'm a Bengals fan here. And honestly, I'm feeling great about my weapons uh, uh, in the receiving game. Like, you know, when, when, when you look down the list, it's kind of like, um, the, I'm not sure that any one of those three guys is a wide receiver one yet, but maybe all three of those guys is a wide receiver one. A. what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you there. And I, I think if I'm a Bengals fan, um, you know, I'm looking at this year as, as kind of like a dry run of this offense. And, and and if you can see enough promise in it now, just wait till next year when – I mean, they got it next year um, adjust either in the offseason or in the draft again, um, more for this line. So, um, yeah. Well, so, before I mean, we start you know, talking about year... 
Before we start talking about the following season, Joe Mixon. Well, what what are your thoughts on Joe Mixon? Is there a uh, following season for Joe Mixon to be relevant in this offense? I think if anything, this is the season we'd see it. I mean, they got rid of Gio Bernard. That was their pass. Um, that was their pass catching back, pretty much. Yeah. Which is a shame because Mixon has shown that he can catch passes, and he's not terrible at that. Um, they only brought in Chris Evans, who was a sixth round pick. Um, I don't know. Let me check real quick when uh, I have depth charts up right Gio now. I'll look for his backup. So uh, Gio Bernard was a second round pick in 2013. So they, have they didn't bring him up. Yeah, so they they didn't bring in. Um, so like Chris Evans isn't of the same um, pedigree as as a Gio Bernard. So yeah, it's it's pretty much the Joe Mixon show in this backfield. So what that tells me is that either they're gonna be straying away from this running game, which I doubt, or they're finally gonna, uh, I guess, quote unquote, unleash Joe Mixon. Now I don't know what that looks like with him. I I think he's definitely got the the uh potential to be a top 15 running back this season um top 15 running back so top half of the league um you know what i'm willing to spend a little extra time on joe mixon if you are okay all right so uh knock out the obvious ones you have uh Oh, no, no, we won't knock out the obvious ones. We'll start division. Um, better than Gaskins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, better than Damian Harris. Yes. Better than Michael Carter by the end of the season. I believe so. But it's close. <clears throat> um. I don't know that it's going to be close. Okay. Well, okay, the system that he's in, uh, yeah, I think it'll be close because of the system. But, okay, so better than the whole AFC East then, right? Because uh, <clears throat> yeah. we don't know what's going on with Zach Moss versus even Dev- Devin Singletary at this point. No, okay. and we don't know, yeah. Uh, not better than Nick Chubb. Better Kareem Hunt. <clears throat> I think he'll do better than Kareem Hunt. Because he's like I said, he's the feature back here. Okay, Najee Harris. That's gonna be. Um, that's gonna be. I think. I think that's gonna be a lot uh, more of an interesting comparison than people might think. Not. Not saying that they're, they're similar running uh, styles, running backs, but because Najee Harris is running behind a terrible O line um, in in Pittsburgh. So well, Mixon's running I think, behind a worse O line though. He is, but I th- wasn't the Steelers' O line. Well, I don't remember their pa- their their um how well they did for like for the run. So okay, that's fair enough. So I think uh, yeah, I, I I still think I I think I'd lean towards I'd lean towards Najee on that. I think Joe Mixon's gonna be um getting quite a bit of dump off passes though. I don't know if Big Ben, if that's his style. Um, I don't know if we saw that last season and the season yeah, I mean, before but that. Yeah, we have seen with, it in recent Big Ben years with both James Conner and Lev Bell. 
So do you think that? I think um, not. I think Najee's one hundred percent better than Joe Mixon by the end of the season. You think he's going to have more all-purpose yards? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think, I don't think that's, um, I don't think you're wrong. I just think it's going to be. I think Mixon's going to be closer than people might think. Okay. Well, so, uh, yeah, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying it's not going to be close. You know, it, what, what, what? You know, we're yeah. The, this this thing will uh, will often come down to. 50 yards separating uh, four guys. So, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Um, I like Dobbins more than Nixon. Yeah, I'm going to go Dobbins, especially because the Ravens added to their O-line. Okay, so we're not going to insult anyone by saying Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor in this conversation. Uh, We're... Uh, we're not going to insult Joe Mixon by trying to imply that David Johnson or Philip Lindsay might be better than him. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, who is the last one in that division? Uh, it's either James Robinson or Travis Etienne. I'm going to say I would take Joe Mixon over either because I think they're more of a split this year than anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think this. I think we just we don't know. We haven't seen. I mean, we haven't seen anything on Urban Meyer in, in the um, in the NFL, obviously. Yeah. So I think just because of that, you have to say Mixon. Uh, he's better than Ceh. Do you agree with that? Um. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll do better than Ceh this year. And he's not Austin Eckler or Josh Jacobs, right? I think he's better than Jacobs. Oh, you think you'd take like, Mixon over and, Jacobs? That yeah, I would take I would take him over Jacobs for production. Okay, and uh, I mean, they, who? Because who did the Raiders add this season? Didn't they add? Uh, they added Kenyon Drake. Kenyon I don't Drake. think. There's nothing that implies that Kenyon Drake is going to take significant time from Josh Jacobs. But you think that he's not going to... So you think even with Kenyon Drake there that um, Jacobs would finish above Mixon? Because I would still take Mixon. Okay. I'm okay with say, I'm okay with taking him... Uh, I'm okay with taking Mixon above Jacobs. And uh, the Broncos are probably going to start the one year with one guy and end the year with a different guy, so we're not going to cover that. Uh, so in the AFC, let's not tirelessly go through the whole NFL. In the AFC, we chose <laughs> six players ahead of Joe Mixon. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, number 15 is probably realistic, mainly because the NFC running backs are, for the for the most part, better. Um you know, because you have Kamara, CMC, Saquon, Zeke, it's, and I know a lot of those guys come with question marks now at this point in time, but at the same time, it's, you know, uh, Mixon's coming with question marks too. So, yeah. So, uh, Mixon probably is the 14th or 15th best running back in the league. Uh, that's not high though. And when you consider that he's getting to the age where he's getting older, I don't think he's really a part of the picture for the follow uh, for the following season, right? 
Well, a big really? part of the picture he's for only, the following season. He's only uh, he's turning twenty five next month. Really? He, so he's not. Man, he just yeah. seems like he's so much older than that. <laughs> he he does. He he's yeah. I mean, every time I see his age, I I, I feel I like remember, I've been watching um, him for it, it two years just... too long at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you know, he's he's only twenty five. He's still got at least like three prime years left. So wow, okay, yeah, you know what? Maybe I just spent too much time on him for no reason whatsoever. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Talent wise, though, you wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals added a running back next year that that competes for part of his work. I wouldn't be surprised. It definitely wouldn't be a, a first or second round pick, though. Maybe well, not no, even because third. that first round pick has to go to a, to an offensive tackle more than likely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first is definitely going to be a line. Second might even be O line um, or linebacker and then third might. So, yeah, I, I, I think they'll bring, I mean, the, I, I definitely think they'll bring someone in, but I think it's Mixon's job to lose um, next year. And I, and I say that not as just like, you know, as as like, oh, well, he's the only guy there. So, of course, it's a still is. But like, I think he's got enough talent to keep that job. Yeah. And, and do well. I mean, like he, he's I think he's going to be above average. Like, yeah, definitely be, a pass first. Um, around, yeah, pass first. But again, with this terrible O-line that they have, even with it improving, you know, and it's still being bottom, uh, you know, um, bottom half bottom third and all that um he's still uh he's still he's going to be getting a lot of dump offs um yeah going his way so that's that's going to pad his stats uh even more than just him being the feature now so but you know the the truth is this offense really is about uh joe burrow escaping and getting it to his big three you know, at the end of the day, yeah. it's not like I, I'm, I'm not trying. Yeah, to that's going to be Nixon, the... But, you know, in our in our optimistic scenario for him, he is he is just outside of the top 10. Uh, as far as right backs go in all purpose yardage. And, you know, yeah, that's that, not, uh, yeah. And we also ranked yeah, the worst it. running back in his division. Because we yeah. took uh, they're, they're we took, Yeah. Yeah, their their bread and butter is definitely not going to be on on Mixon. Um, but it, it's like I said, it, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a great tell this year um, for how they'll be moving forward. Um, you know, because I I don't think we can count on them making if they even somehow scratch into the playoffs, they're not going to make a, a deep run. Well, yeah, we're, we're, we're um, not talking about that portion yet. We got to go break down this defense a little. Okay. But um, I think this defense is um, deceptively better than they appear on paper. But I still don't think it's that great of a defense. Uh, I I do. I think it's almost opposite of what. uh, Yeah, it's basically opposite of what what we talked about with the Ravens. They have a pass rush. They have great safeties to prevent deep stuff and their corners and linebackers are just kind of ho-hum. 
Um, you know, S- Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson. Did did was Trey Hendrickson second in the league in sacks last year? Uh, I know he, he might have been for a while, and I know T.J. Watt yeah. ended up with uh, most sacks in the league. Uh, I'm pretty sure Trey Hendrickson was second. I'm looking that up right now. But uh, what do you think about the pass rush of Hendrickson and Hubbard? Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's terrible. I think um, I think Sam Hubbard did a little bit uh, worse than what we thought he would do last season. But yeah, I, I don't remember who they had um, opposite him on that D line. Now I think they're I think what's that? They had um they had Dunlap opposite him the first half of the season, but then they traded him. Okay. Yeah, so that definitely would have hurt him. Um and you you brought up their cornerbacks, but they added in Jadobia Wouzier and they added Mike Hilton from Pittsburgh. Um, which surprisingly they got Hilton behind Trey Waynes for a nickel. Oh, wow. But, so their uh, secondary is actually better than I thought it was. Yeah, so you got Chidobia Wuzier, Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates, Von Bell. Like, that's that's a really formidable defense. I wouldn't uh, call or, it formidable. Or at least backfield. I, I would say it's it's respectable. Okay. You think it's formidable? <clears throat> I think so. I think the, the only thing is if they can – did they bring in any new like linebacker coaches for um, trying to improve like Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson's game? Because they uh, didn't adjust that position at all. To my knowledge, they did not. Uh, to my knowledge, they did not bring in a new linebacker coach because they've been satisfied with uh, the progression up to this point. I mean, I, I am reading. Uh, obviously, you know, I have Logan Wilson on my team in, in Loth. Uh, I am reading a lot of positive Logan Wilson reports, how he's read, how he's ready to take the next step and become the leader on the defense and yada, 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 et cetera. And, you know, most of those times, uh, most of the times when those reports are coming out at this point in time in the, in the season and they're, and they're actually being shown with video and whatnot, which these Logan Wilson ones are being shown with, um, there normally is something to it. Um, yeah, the fact that they didn't address, it, uh, and bring another linebacker shows there's something to it. Um, I'm not sure that the Jermaine Pratt experiment is, is anything anymore, but at the same time, he, 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 he has been shown to be good enough to be the third best linebacker on a team. I still think they need to do something like trade for Jordan Hicks, but I also think it's possible that they could trade for Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, when, when, when I look at that linebacker core, they look like they have one, uh, one linebacker too few, and even yeah. and it has to be the right linebacker too. Cause last year they had Josh Bynes. They moved on from him. I, I'm just, and I get it. Uh, <clears throat> what's his face? Uh, Gaither Gaither is also a linebacker on that team still too. Like, oh uh, yeah. Uh, Akeem, uh, Davis Gaither. So the, the potential is there. They still have Jordan Evans. I, I'm not sure that they miss with all of those linebackers, but the, you know, the truth is if you, you know, I, we learn a lot because there's uh if you're paying attention to mini camp news, if, uh, if you actually take the time to look up player names and I'm sure you do the same thing, 
Um, if there, if, if there's no news about the player, or if the only news about the player is ranking the team's linebacker core, you know, et cetera, then there's a good chance that there's a great reason why there's no news. And the only one of those right. four players that I'm seeing any news for whatsoever right now, outside of the other three is Logan Wilson. So for me, that's not enough to think that this uh, linebacker core is anything. But yeah, no, uh, as, as you pointed out, uh, Darius uh, Phillips, uh, Chidobe uh, Awuzi. Uh, I didn't even know they had uh, Eli Apple back there. Mike Hilton. Uh, they added Trey Waynes too. So they actually really don't need a cornerback. They, they have about five different cornerbacks that they could start to, uh, to some extent for another. I didn't even notice. Wow, they have Ricardo Allen as a backup too. He's pretty decent, right? Or am I thinking of someone else? I'm not familiar with him. That's I mean, I uh, he's on he's a cornerback on their depth chart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know him, but again, I don't I don't know many cornerbacks either. So. You know, so the, there, there's, yeah, no, this secondary is actually a lot better than it looks like. Um, I'm still not sure it's enough for the division that they're in. Yeah. Ah, actually, it might be. Yeah. Still a hard time I, I think, Steelers, but. I, I think it's going <clears> to, <throat> I think it's better than it, than it seems. Um, I think that secondary, I, I, I mean, you said they're respectable. I definitely think they're that. I think they'll. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of what helps this team this year. Um, in spite of, you know, in, in spite of whatever offensive woes they might suffer because of because of that O line. Um, so the rough thing this is year, so you need good linebackers and strong defensive tackles to be able to take on two of the uh, vicious running games of that division in both Cleveland and Baltimore. And I'm not sure how, how they're going to stack up against a good running game. Yeah, I I, I think this year, um, you know, they're, they're definitely not going to be, uh, like I said before, like they're definitely not going to be making any deep playoff runs. Um, but this is definitely a, a good foundation to build on. Yeah. You know, if any, I, I mean, th- this, this secondary, I think, is a great foundation to build on. Um, it, so it's I think probably it'll, a I, probably a top ten secondary. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely enough to keep them in in some games. Um, you know, in, in spite of them being in the, in a division that's going to be uh, that has all these um, bruising running backs. So. So yeah, uh, defense is deceptively better than what. Uh, and what it looks like offense uh you know offense is all going to come down to burrow if he can if he can be wilson 2.0 but uh i i kind of think he can i put the Bengals uh third in the division and i have them right around that 500 mark whether it's eight wins or whether it's nine wins um you know they they play a they play a last play schedule now I'm I'm not I'm not implying that the Jets or the Jaguars are going to be easy games for them, but uh, they should be the favorite versus both of them. Um, they should be the favorite versus the Denver Broncos. So the, the, there are games where the the Bengals should be favored to win on their schedule. 
And then there's a bunch of games in their division where um, some of them they match up well with, some of them they don't. And uh, yeah, I mean, I could see the Bengals being right around the 500 mark. Yeah, they're my... Um, so they're my, uh, they're my fourth best team in the division, but again, I think that's just, um, you know, I, I, I think they just have to show, uh, show that these additions and these changes they've made matter. Um, I don't think they're going to be that far behind the Ravens. So, whereas I think the Ravens might, um, sink to like nine wins. Um, I, I, I think the, the Bengals will be around seven or eight. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we, we basically have the Ravens and the Bengals a little reversed. Um, we've flopped spots on them, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's not as bad of a picture as I thought it was a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very promising, and it, it's going to be a fun team to watch, too. That's, that's the other thing is, like, even though – we're projecting them to finish third and fourth. Like it's going to be uh, a really exciting team just yeah. because of all these changes and because we'll get to see more of Burrow and, and um, yeah. No, I'm definitely uh, this division really is going to be an entertaining division to watch this year. And especially because stylistically, they're all so unique from each other too. Um, you can really you can see every single type of uh, football in this division alone. Yeah. So yeah, but, uh, it's 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 a very exciting one. So yeah, let's uh, move on to the Cleveland Browns, and uh, we feel very. Uh, uh, it, it seems like we feel very differently about this team. Um, where do we start? Like. You know, starting from the top, where do we start? Uh, obviously, Stefanski, coach of the year last year, and, uh, you know, de- deservedly so. Uh, not, not my pick, but obviously I'm, I'm not going to be stupid enough to argue against him winning it. Um, so they, they have a great, talented, young head coach and uh, a team that's a, a mix of both young talent and strong veterans. Uh, they're probably one of the, they are probably, what are the Browns, the oldest team in the division? Probably. Right. Uh, I, I think so, but they do Uh, have young talent on the team too. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's start with the, with the man who there's a lot of questions about Baker Mayfield. What are your initial okay. thoughts when you when you hear a Baker Mayfield? My initial thoughts are like just average. I mean, that's that's like the the first thought that comes to my head with Baker is, is just that, just just average, like not moving the needle. He's he's someone that you can, I think you can rely on to help you, but I don't think he's someone that you uh you can expect to like dig you out of a hole step up from game um, manager though yeah i mean he, yeah he's definitely a step up from a game manager like a a, a garoppolo um 
you know, one of those types. I just, I like to me, I don't think he's top half in the league. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, where do you rank him at in least this, this season? Where do you rank him in this division? Um, in this division, I got him. So in this division, I have uh, I have him kind of like slightly tied with Burrow. Um, for I I pretty much have Jackson, then I have Burrow and and Mayfield, um, and then uh, Big Ben. Oh wait, so you actually have him above Big Ben? So yeah. my question yeah. is, are you, are you sure you have him average, like uh, lower half of the league? Um. Are you, are you I mean, just I, assuming I think, that you would be taking like guys like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson ahead of him? Yeah. So I why think, aren't you taking Joe Burrow ahead of him? Well, I just think like I'm going off of like production. So I, I think this year with uh, Joe Burrow's line, I think he'll be um, pretty close to to Mayfield. I think he, he has like a slight edge because I, I like his weapons more than what Mayfield has. Um, so I, I have That's him fair. like edging him out just slightly, but I, I don't have Mayfield like too far behind him. Um, and the only reason I, I, I put big Ben after them is yes, but big Ben has good weapons. Um, but big Ben is up there in age and he's, he's shown that. And I mean, it's almost like every season now with him, he has some kind of press conference where he's either talking about, he needs to get his confidence back or, or he's not sure of himself, or he might retire, and, and stuff like okay. that. And I, I don't trust that. Yeah, that's I, I I guess that would be very fair. Okay, so um, this is going to be my hot take for the division. I think Baker Mayfield has the best season of his career this year, and I think he finally breaks out. I would not be shocked to find out if Baker Mayfield was a top 10 quarterback at the end of the season. So what do you think is changing enough to allow that? I think that uh, some of the offseason reports that I'm seeing from both OBJ with the recovery and uh, um, new mature statements, uh, steps that Jarvis Landry is, is taking to um really uh make an impact in this community i feel like the weapons are maturing and i feel baker is maturing too um he, he just talks differently this offseason he just uh, i i don't know what i'm basing it off of at all other than he seems more mature now than he did this time last year uh, I don't know where it's coming from. I just really think that it's it's going to uh, going to line up, and I think that this year that the uh, the weapons all stay healthy for him, and he actually shows leadership that uh, greater leadership than he's shown in the past. Um, I'm not gonna say anything that, than that because i'm you, you know how you you know you make decisions with your head your heart and sometimes occasionally you're just willing to make a decision with your gut yeah Th this is my gut 
you know, following Baker Mayfield news, this this is my gut telling me that that this is uh, this is his year to make an impact. No, I'm not talking about an MVP, but uh, a lot of things that uh, um, his odds have gone down for MVP betting because, uh, b- believe it or not, uh, he is. Let me double check this really quick. Him and Josh Allen are the two receiving the highest amount of bets for MVP votes this year. Wow. Really? Now, granted, that's because guys like Patrick Mahomes, you don't get it. You don't get a return on, but you know, so there's, it would make sense why people aren't betting on Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes or, you know, so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, behind Josh Allen, he is the second highest bet for for a most valuable player this year. I don't see it. I, I think I have you been have um, you been following some of his offseason stories and uh, some of the stuff him uh, Landry and uh, uh, OBJ have been doing together. No, but I don't think that's going to make much of a difference for how this team operates. I, I mean, don't see I, him as some. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't see him as someone who like who's leading the team. I think he's I think he's more of a, a system uh, quarterback. Well, or at I least mean, I think this. He's leading uh, the just, team off the field. Yeah, but that's kind of what's expected, though. But like on the field, it's it's pretty much the um i i don't know i i don't think this offense is potent because of him i think the offense is potent because it's got a strong because it's run got game. nick chubb and kareem hunt yeah <laughs> yeah so um so because of that like no i i wouldn't have him at, as second best for mvp odds um no no it's not second you know, best for mvp odds he's received the second amount of most second most amount of money on him for the M- MVP betters. Oh, okay. Well, I still, and that's I, I think not that's... That, that, that that's a true statement re- regardless of what anybody thinks. That's uh, there's other people seeing something too, is what I'm pointing out. It's not yeah, just I, I, me. And, you know, because of that though, like I think even if this team did make it to the Super Bowl and he won MVP, I think that would say more about the bias towards quarterbacks than his actual production, because I don't think that he's going to, even if the Browns uh, get to the Super Bowl this year, I don't think that's saying that Baker Mayfield was stellar in doing it. I think it's more saying the team was, but he's probably out of anybody to win the MVP. It would probably be Baker just because that's how MVP voting is skewed. I mean, maybe we'd see Nick Chubb get it. That'd be great, but. Yeah, so I, I mean, mean, Nick Chubb could be offensive player of the year. Uh, none of us would be too shocked at that, right? No, and especially with them adding Jack Conklin from Tennessee, um, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, they, they got a, a really formidable and, and scary run game. They got decent weapons. I think I would disagree with you on on my uh, takes on on Odell. I think Jarvis Landry has a better season than Odell this year. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, Wait a minute. What was, I'm uh, what, was what was my take on Odell? Because I think Jarvis Landry has a better season than Odell this year too. It's just Odell is, you know, he's saying all the right things. He's uh, 
And his trainers are also saying that this is the best version of him as a Cleveland Brown that we've seen yet. Okay. So well, the, I guess the then, then other good, people the then. I... good. I'm the only thing I'm saying about Odell is it looks like he's definitely recovered from the injury. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not claiming Odell is a wide receiver one at all anymore, but I think that with, uh, you know, Odell and Landry is still amongst the better receiving tandems in the league, right? Still a top, no. uh, still a top 15. No, I, I don't think so. I just, I think, I think Odell's taken massive steps back from where he was. Um, and Lanchy's pretty consistent, but it, it's just Odell. I, I just, I don't like him. Um, I don't, you don't I'm not saying he's holding 15. the team. If I was to look at the other teams, I don't think I would, I would have them top 15 now. I think probably around 18, maybe. There's just a lot of, you know, because Landry. Are we including tight ends or are we just going wide receivers? No, just just wide receivers. I think a lot of other wide receiver cores. um, Like, for instance, like like a core like. uh, Like the Falcons, where it's pretty much Calvin Ridley. And then, and not even including tight end Kyle Pitts, but like Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage, I would take over Landry and Beckham because I just, I don't see it in Beckham anymore. I think, um, I don't want to say he's washed, but I, I just don't see that production coming, um, coming back from, from what people, I think people just see Beckham and they just think the Giants and they think his heyday. Oh no, I'm not. And I think okay, they fall victim I, I want to make that. something clear. I'm not thinking back for Giants, but and I I have not I, I will admit that I have not watched videos of Odell Beckham Jr. in the last few off seasons, but um, I think I trust the coaching staff when they say that this uh this is the best he's looked in three years. And that be that may be so, but I mean, because I I can't like ever really it, recall Stefanski exaggerating too much. Right. I just think like, so if we were to like, just off the top of my head, if I quickly just go through, like, we haven't seen anything really from, from the Ravens. So I would think the Ravens uh, wide receiver core, I wouldn't take, but like duos, like you got um, Chase and Higgins and even before Higgins and Boyd, I would take that over Landry and Beckham. I would take, uh, I would take the Steelers wide receiver um, See, I don't know. Them. I would take the Steelers wide receivers. I think two of the three of them take... dropped the ball way too often, and I think Juju has not actually proven that he is what he was with Antonio Brown. See, I think I would take Deontay and and Claypool over them, um, just because I. You know, I'm not as. Co- I mean, Johnson I... had the highest drop percentage out of uh, re- receivers past a certain number in the league last year. Yeah, but that fluctuates every year, though. And again, that I mean, that could be also just a product of of um, more so the line than than him. I'm not going to deny that it, that it's an issue, but I, that definitely changes. Um, that fluctuates a lot. But I would I would take that over Beckham and Landry. I just think I think Landry is like he's he's solid. He's he's stable, but Odell is just 
he's like very I, I you know i would say like he's very bust boom i think you're gonna get way more bust than than a boom from him and well i don't think he's you're gonna get more bust and boom because the projections for him have been settled down quite a bit like um yeah i'm just sick yeah, keep on talking on it well, so if I was to let me bring up Beckham's stats, because I, I just I'm not seeing it from him. Um, let's see. So here's all right. So I'm bringing up his stats now. Let's see. So last season he finished. Uh, he played seven games and had 319 yards. I'm not sure when in that season he got injured. So let's just say it's six games because um, he probably left like halfway through one. So six games for 319 yards. Uh, okay, so that's about 50 yards a game. That's whatever. 2019 started 16 or started 15 games, played 16. He had a thousand yards, but I just you know he just barely cracked a thousand. That's I don't think that's something that you are excited about in someone who's been in the league as long as as Beckham for where he's at. Yeah, but we were measuring um, wide receiver tandems. Like, um, if it's very reasonable to think that if they really are both healthy, that both of the guys go over a thousand yards. How many tandems in the league have two guys go over over a thousand yards? Well, based on last season, let me look up real quick. Uh, so I'm curious now if you know because okay, so when Deont- you go through the monster wide receivers, Devonte, uh, Devonte Adams, no one next to him. Uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, no one. Stephon Diggs, no one. Thielen and Jefferson have each other, yes. And uh, Lockett and DK have each other. But you go through the top wide receivers in this league, uh, Tyreek, you, you know, so on and so forth. Most of them don't have a number two, unless you're including the tight end, also. Uh, because if you get to include the tight ends and, um, you know, the, then you add in a few other teams. I'm just saying that, you know, it's Odell's one season removed from that thousand yards. And if he honestly looks better now than he did going into that season, which, yeah, granted, we, we're, we're just we're taking the word of the Browns trainers and the coaches when they say it. But, you know, people don't say this about every player all the time like uh you know if uh if the person writing the article thinks it's bs they're not going to word the the headline or write the article uh to where it implies otherwise um i'm just i don't know like i would doubt that there are 17 teams that are that have a better tandem uh teams that with a better trio than the two of them and and higgins yes uh, teams with uh, better wide receivers overall, yes. Um, I just, as far as tandems go, I'm not sure I... Honestly, going through everything I just went through, I'm not sure they're not closer to 10 than 15. Mm. I um... There's only four or five easy ones. Yeah, I, I think they could. I mean, I, I think they could get there this year, like that mark, like um, Landry and, and Beckham could reach 10. But 
my inclination. Oh, I don't is think they're reaching them 10. Like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking up that, up my, that much. Okay. So yeah. So my, my inclination is to put them around like 17, 18. Um, okay. And maybe that's a little bit too low. It probably is. But again, this is just, this is a, a run heavy team. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think we're going to uh, see about the same. Do from, you want to do uh, total yards? Um, and, and I know I'm being nice when I give you this, but do you want to do total yards? Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson versus Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. for our bet for bragging rights. What do you mean you're being nice? You think uh, you were just saying that Deontay had the drop issues. Yeah, I'm just I'm also saying that I, I believe that this but the Steelers are also gonna pass the ball a whole lot more than the Browns are. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I would I would take that. I think uh I think Deontay and Claypool will will outperform them. And that's gonna actually. That's probably um, then also might be. Uh, you know, if that's not a bragging rights take, then it's probably gonna be that I have the Browns as second in this division. You have the Steelers as first. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so we need to talk a little more Browns. Is, is there anything to say about Nick Chubb, <laughs> Kareem Hunt? Um, no, they're both great running backs. I, I mean, I I don't think. Uh, there's no reason to see it slowing down. If one of them gets injured, no. there's no reason to think the other one can't cover for both. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've seen it already. Hunt without Chubb last year was good. Uh, Chubb without Hunt for the suspension the previous year was was good. It's uh, You can't ask for a better running back situation because even if you lose a guy to injury, you're still going to have you're still going to have a franchise running back. Yeah. Um, so I don't we're not going to beat the dead horse uh, unless we just want to talk about where we think Nick Chubb ranks as far as fantasy running backs. I, I would not be uh, I forget who I was saying it to, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Nick Chubb was a top five fantasy running back this year. No, I wouldn't either. I think that's I think that's uh yeah, I, I, I think that's – I don't even think that's, like, a, a risky pick or, or not even risky, but, like, flashy or whatever, like, or take. Um, I definitely see him as a top five. Okay. I think at worst he'd be, like, seven. Yeah, so so we really have nothing to talk about <clears throat> as, as far as Nick Chubb goes, you know, mainly because, you know, what what is there to say? It's um, it's a great running again. It's a great rushing attack. Um. This defense. This defense is uh is killer. Is scary. I mean yeah. This is the this defense, defense between... that you take against the Kansas City Chiefs and say, We're going to beat you. Um yeah, I, I... You know, looking over this defense, I'm I'm kind of kind of doubting my take on, on the Steelers being above them, because I'm looking at John Johnson and and Jadavian Clowney being added in, Anthony Walker, plus the draft. But Troy Hill, Denzel I just, Ward, Greg Newsom all at corner. 
you still have depth in, in the secondary because they still held on to Ronnie Harrison. Greedy Williams is still there. Uh, yeah. The linebackers, you know, uh, I don't get why uh, Joke is on the uh, is rated as a backup right now, but uh, Joke and Anthony Walker and uh, uh, Taki Taki um, is going to be a pretty decent linebacker core. Uh, Jacob Phillips gives depth there. Uh, when you look at the uh, line uh, backups for that defensive line, include Tack McKinley and Malik Jackson. Um, when you look at who the Browns have as backups for their defense, a lot of them, uh, <laughs> yeah, that bet that that it'd be starters on a lot of teams are better than a few of the NFL's starting defenses. Yeah, yeah, this is probably uh, this is a top five defense this year for sure. And this, um, this is a team that gets Miles Garrett defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, I think I think if they can if they can get um, not what's like promised order, but if if they can get Jadavian Clowney to be uh, anywhere close to where he was um, with Houston, Anthony Walker comes in. That's a very stable um, middle linebacker from from Indiana. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a I mean, and that defense, again, that defense has backups that would be starters on other teams. I think I would still – I would take the Bengals secondary over that, but it's not far. Like, it's not far off at all. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a top-five defense. I think the defense is what's going to help keep them in games because I just – I think the age of their receiving core is working against them. And so that's why I take the Steelers above them. Even though the Steelers have a worse defense, I think the Steelers um, have a more threatening offense in spite of like that O-line, just because um, they've got the younger receiving core. I mean, I think the... I don't think that it's unrealistic to think that this Cleveland Browns team could be the one seed in the AFC. I know, yeah, in, my definitely... AFC, I know in my AFC West episode, I picked Kansas City as the one seed. Um, I have serious questions because, you know, when, when, when you look at it, like John Johnson and Troy Hill were part of that Rams defense last year that really just shut down the pass. And yeah, some of the credit goes to the coach. Some of the credit goes to Aaron Donald, but you know, it, it's not like this team doesn't have miles Garrett up front that you have to give some of that credit to John Johnson and Troy Hill. And when you pair them with uh, a great draft pick in Craig Newsom, uh, Denzel Ward has been, uh, has been strong for the Browns. Uh, I, I think that this is the exact defense you need to contend with the way the AFC passes the football. Um, I could I could see them beating the Chiefs week one. I could see them beating the Bills if they have them on their schedule. No, they don't have the Bills on their schedule. They don't even have to play the Bills this year. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this is definitely a, a defense. Uh, you know, this is definitely a, a team that's got a stronger defense and offense in my eyes. And that's not trying to take away from from Chubb and Hunt. I just think it's just so solid all around and great in some spots. Um, could they beat the Chiefs week one? Could they beat them if they faced off in the Super Bowl? Maybe. I think I would. I think week one. I would be way more confident on. I'm not sure Baker can handle that pressure of being in, in a Super Bowl, um, especially against the Chiefs, who who are. You know, we don't we don't know that. how Baker handles the pressure yet. Like, I mean, honestly, we almost saw this Browns team beat the Chiefs in the playoffs last year. Granted, Mahomes got injured in the game, but uh, this Browns defense wasn't as good as it was last year. You almost wonder that if the. the if last year's Browns had this defense, they probably beat the Chiefs. I no, see I this it. team. That's with very... a Mahomes injury, though. Yeah, I, I see this team as as uh, in some ways like a um, a little bit worse of a of what we see in um, at least what we saw with the 49ers with how they were led by their stellar defense, but they had a, they had a very, uh, they had a very like mobile offense. They had a very um, dynamic offense. I guess that's, that's a better way to say it. The Browns just have the run game. I, I, again, I just, I don't see, this receiving core as being something that's pushing them over the edge. So, but, and if anything, I, I think it's kind of holding them back with the age and they only, I don't think Anthony Schwartz is, is someone that like is going to be uh, taking over as a wide receiver one in this when Odell or Landry age out. And, you know, I, I think they're going to, I think they're going to be winning more games in spite of, a bad pass game. See, I, I I don't think that they're a bad pass game though. They I, I think it I think at the worst you could accuse them of just being average. Well what I mean is like like games that they have a bad um I think they're gonna be winning more games because the defense bails them out for when Baker doesn't perform well. well That's I mean, what I mean. Like I, yeah I still think I'm not the, trying to minimize the defense or the rushing attack but Landry Beckham, Higgins, People Jones, um, uh, uh, Hooper, and you mentioned somebody else before, Schwartz. I think that those receiving weapons with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback isn't a bad passing attack. I just think they're kind of average. Uh, and But when you add an exceptional run game, exceptional defense, um, they, you know, there's... There's not a ton of um, defense, you know, with the way the NFL is set up right now, there's not a ton of defenses that just stop teams from scoring. Mm. I think this Browns offense is good enough to score versus the normal NFL defense um, versus teams that, and I think this Browns defense is actually something special. No, it's not as good as the, it's not as good as the Buccaneers. It's not as good as Washington. It's not as good as uh, Denver. Um, 
you know I'm high on the New England defense. I would not be shocked if this Browns defense was better than the New England defense. Yeah, I wouldn't either because I'm I'm not high on that defense. But uh, again, I wouldn't I, be shocked if it's not a 49er defense. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Um, you know, again, it, it's it, going back to my analogy before. This is the NFC West light to me. So I, I'm not saying that this team being second in my eyes means that they're going to be a bad team. I just think that the I think that as for as good as the defense is, um, I I just I think that offense. I think um, that receiving base of, of the offense and, and and me not being that high on on baker as some might be i think that's what's gonna um you know keep them back from taking the division okay well let's talk Steelers. okay so yeah so the biggest thing that comes out um you know off the page looking at the Steelers is just big ben uh you know, I think yeah. He's you always what, have the question how, how much he has left and uh, how well that line can protect him. Yeah, so Big Ben is thirty nine years old, um, but he's you know, still shown that quarterbacks he's... are playing into their forties now. Yeah, so he's he's still showing that he's able to um, to get enough done. Uh, I guess kind of in spite of his age. Um, last season, he threw for 3,800 yards. And this is a guy who's not mobile at all. So, But, you know, um, also to be fair, it's a league where, where every quarterback throws for well over 3,000 yards now. Like you said it before, you think that it, you would take Baker Mayfield over Big Ben. Yeah. I would take him over Big Ben, but the reason why is just because of age. Okay. Because I think there's it, always um, a chance that this will be the the last season that uh, – there's always a chance that this will be the season that Big Ben breaks down. Right, just like how we – you know, how we were viewing Tom Brady before in, in, in his last season with – um, the Patriots and and each year it's talk about that so you know and it's kind of the reverse for me um, with the the Browns is that I see this uh, receiving game as a lot better I see the run game as worse because they have a worse uh, O-line and I still think Chub- I would take Chubb over Najee um, the defense, I think, is in a – I mean, the defense is worse than the Browns, but it's not like it's terrible by any means. And no, their defense is still really good. Yeah, so I just I, – I think the big difference maker is that, yeah, that O-line is, is going to be bad, but I think Najee is going to be able to get uh, get it done kind of in spite of that. And I think the, the receiving core – I mean, you got Juju, who's yeah, he's been inconsistent, but he's still not a bad wide receiver three by any means. Um, so I, I think that I mean the drop I, rates on Deontay Johnson have me very concerned. I don't think that I when I look at that offense, I view 
Deontay Johnson as the wide receiver three. Really? Yeah, Deontay Johnson has been uh, consistently one of the, you know, since he entered this league, he has consistently been uh, dropping passes. It's not, he was just number one in it last year. It's not like he wasn't on the list in the previous years. It's, um, he, he drops a lot of passes. And my biggest concern is um, when, when you factor in some of the offensive line play, when you factor in Ben's age, when you factor in, um, uh, when you factor in the drops, that's a lot of different things that can go wrong at the end of the game when you're drive when you're driving to tie the game. It is. I just, um, I mean, yeah, it, it definitely is is a concern. I don't, I don't think the Steelers. Less... I don't think the Steelers going twelve and zero to start the season last year was a reflection on how good they were. I just think that there was elements of luck in there. I think that there was, uh, and and th- things just clicking right at certain times. I don't. And they had a week schedule too. Yeah, it 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 was a fairly easy schedule. Yeah. So, I don't view the Steelers as a team that are going to win twelve games all of next season. Um. And I don't know why, because I should love this defense. See, I, I have them, like, just barely edging out the Browns. I, I would take the Browns at, like, around 11 wins and the Steelers around 12. Um, and, again, I, oh, so we, I we could see. Actually, we're not actually that far off on the Steelers then, because I, I just kind of put the, the Steelers on, a, on around the 12 mark. Uh, it's I actually view the fat Browns to be a much better team than you do. Yeah, so I just and I, I like I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns um, take the division. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens did. I would be, well, I guess I'd be a little bit surprised, but it wouldn't be like something like mind blowing to me. I just think the Steelers. Um, I think them improving their run game with Najee and and uh, for however they utilize Baby Gronk. Um, I think that could make enough of a difference in keeping them at that 12-win mark where they were. Okay, so, you know, before we really break down this offense, uh, yeah, let's change our bragging rights back, uh, Bet. I will take the Browns and the Bengals to win the division. I'll give you the Ravens and the Steelers. Okay. I'll do The it. only reason why I'm taking the Bengals, I don't think the Bengals have a shot whatsoever but I'm not going to give you two teams and take one. That's that's fair. Um, yeah, I'll take that bet. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, uh, were you shocked at all that, that uh, Pittsburgh didn't draft a, uh, a replacement for Big Ben? Uh, I mean, I was shocked, but I can't argue with them taking Najee Harris or Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you, you you referenced baby Gronk ever so slightly. Um, I am a the, the Steelers. Correct me if I'm wrong. By the time they were on the clock, uh, the most of the really huge tackles were already gone. Right. I believe so. Yeah. So it's not like they had a shot at those guys. 
Um, maybe they could have gone Creed Humphrey at center, but I don't think that uh, Hassanwar has been the problem for them on the offensive line. I think it's been, I think it's more come from the tackle position for them. So for me, it's still a no brainer to take Najee Harris because the Steelers have had success. And, you know, it's, um, you know, before we start digging before, I want to cite why it's relevant that they've had success with guys like Jerome Bettis in the past, because some people will say, oh, that's a lifetime ago. You can't count that. Yes, you can count that because this, the Steelers hire the same type of coach all the time. And they've only had what is it three or four in their history? They went yeah, from Noel to Crowder, Crowder to Tomlin, right? Yeah, it's definitely, I think four is the max. So, so I can, I'm allowed to bring up a guy like Bettis because Mike Tomlin was there with Bettis. Um, oh, you know what? They, sorry. They've had 16 head coaches, but I think, uh, I think probably most of them were early on. Um, yeah. So by, yeah. So from 1969 till now, they've only had three. Which is absolutely insane. It, it, it's crazy. Um, uh, and I'm mostly in a good way, but there are some negatives in that too, because you wonder on other teams, Mike Tomlin would have lost his job. Uh, but with that said, Mike Tomlin is still a talented head coach. And uh, honestly, I, I like the fact that the Steelers don't try to, and he's never had a losing season. Yeah. Tomlin's never had a losing season. Um, but we're not comparing him to a Stefanski or a Shannon hand though. No, we're not. Uh, but but you know what else I, I realized too, and I'm kind of beating myself up for forgetting is they did add a wide uh, quarterback. They added Dwayne Haskins. Oh, now it's did. a big question. It's a question on if they can get anything from him. But I'm kind of thinking they could. I'm thinking that he he's definitely going to be sitting this year. I mean, he'll probably we'll probably see him in, in preseason. Uh, yeah. but... don't, don't don't say definitely. He's probably going to be sitting this year. We, you know, we, we saw how bad Peyton Manning fell apart when when, when it happened. We saw a not so sharp Drew Brees last year. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to say that a 39 year old Ben Roethlisberger is definitely going to start the whole season. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I still think he. I think they. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair point. I, I just meant like to start. Like they're obviously leaning on on Ben, and if he's healthy. Um, but I mean, that's that's definitely uh another interesting thing to watch on this team is can they get that production out of Dwayne Haskins that we hadn't seen before? Maybe. Um. But, you know, regarding this team, so they added Baby Gronk, um, which, if anything, you know, they and, and I'm looking at their depth chart. So they he's a added some blocker, too. He's not just a good he, he's, he's good all around. Yeah. And Najee can block. And then in the third and the fourth, I just saw that they they did add um, to their line. I mean, I don't know the quality of these players, but they did address it. So they added uh, Kendrick Green. The, That's the Steelers don't have a good offensive line. They, they might have an acceptable one but they don't have a good one. Yeah. I'm not saying that these are like star players. I'm just saying they addressed it and they have um, depth. And I think based on what we've seen from a lot of other teams, um, namely the, the, uh, the Eagles come to mind um, during their Super Bowl 
run was that depth wins um, or at least depth matters if you don't have like if you don't have that that star core get depth and yeah. and make sure of that um because if you can keep guys fresh if you can rotate them in and out like you'll be fine so i don't think they're in you know they're, they're in a lot better hands than i think people might give credit for because they added two guys who who can pass protect um Yo, again granted, it, it's you know, I, I mean, it, you know, I think that Najee Harris is, is is the best move that they could have possibly made in the first round. Uh, I absolutely love the fit. Uh, as I was saying um, before, I tangented us. He, he's like a nice blend of the last two successful Pittsburgh running backs, uh, Lev Bell and Jerome Bettis. So, uh, and the fact that he blocks too, uh, as you mentioned, Baby Gronk in there also. Uh, Eric Abron is still a weapon for the offense. Uh, Behind the big three at wide receiver, they still have Ray Ray McLeod and James Washington. So the weapons are there. They are set up to be a good offense. Um, I yeah. just, the my reason why I think they lose out to the Browns in the end is because I believe that the Browns have the type of defense that can actually shut down this offense. And I, I see your point. I, I think, I mean, you know, again, to, just so um, anyone listening is clear, like we're putting these, we're separating these teams by like a win, maybe two. Um, yeah. Not that we're like projectionists or anything, but like um, just in, in our like, uh, yeah, in, in that like what comes to mind type um, projection is, is that. Um, I think that, you know, adding someone like Najee too, I think if they do, um, use him to block on plays like this backfield isn't it's something that they could still utilize like behind him um they got anthony mcfarland benny snell they added kaylin balaj so they have three different types of backs they're they're the ones that have kaylin balaj now yeah (laughs) oh i didn't even see that oh you go (laughs) kaylin yeah so so, Uh, kaylin balaj is my favorite bad player in the league (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I will inevitably yeah, find I mean, a way to put him on my fantasy roster at some point in time this season. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't say he'll be like he'll be fantasy relevant, but I think he can definitely get. Um, he was fantasy you know, relevant I, I for think two he, weeks last year. He was fantasy relevant for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. I, I think that he'll be. I think you know. Um, it's not like he's like a, a terrible um, back to put in if they're trying to use like Frymuth and, and Harris to block on a play. Um, you could get some yards with him. You could get yards with Snell. And, but and honestly, you, sure. didn't, you didn't draft Najee Harris to have him block for uh, for Snell or Balage. No, 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 you didn't. I, I, um, what I'm trying and to honestly, say is just the like Steelers they have... roster a fullback. Derek Watt is a fullback. Oh yeah, he is. I just <laughs> saw that. Um, yeah, and Jalen Samuels, I forgot. So um, the thing no, I love the most about gonna... the Steelers' offense is the fact that they could hit you with any look because they roster a fullback. They could start two tight ends. They could uh, they could start uh, probably up to two running backs. Though really, they were only going to start one. But you know, running back, fullback, and they can start three wide receivers. This team could literally pull pull off three tight ends, fullback, running back. And it could also pull off four wide receivers running back. 
Right. And that's what I was going to say is like, I'm not saying that they're going to utilize Najee as a blocker, um, you know, the majority of his snaps, but they can, you know, they're versatile. If they want to, they can try to hit you with their fullback. They can try to, to use a more shifty like Benny Snell or um, McFarlane, or they could try to hit you with Kalen Balazs, who's, who's in between, um, you know, uh, like a McFarlane or Snell and a Derek Watt. Um, and then, yeah, like he's his big Ben. Yep, it's Big Ben, and it's it's just that that um, need for a little bit more from that O line. Yeah. But Big Ben, um, you know, he's he's not someone that I think. I don't think he's going to be someone that's going to lose you games. I just think oh, no, he's Big more ben of can actually uh, win you games too. Um, yeah, actually, I would I but, would venture to say you could Big Ben could lose you a game. I I think he could. He lost. He lost that game to the Browns in the playoffs last year. I think. I think the big thing is his mentality. That that, that collapse it, at the beginning, though. That that was that was a lot on Big Ben. That's yeah. Fair enough. I, I think it's. I, I think what you need from him is uh, is that mentality. You know, yeah. if we big don't ben see Big could Ben get the ball back with two minutes uh, down by a score and win you the game. Yeah, and. You know, I like. Do we see the additions of Firemuth and and Harris as helping him, uh, as helping his his confidence? I would think so, right? I mean, you know, yeah, they didn't quite address the line, but they did add people who could block if need be. And Najee's definitely an upgrade. Firemuth's definitely an upgrade over what they've had, even in Vance McDonald before that. So, yeah, I, I think. I think we'll see less of Ben being shaky than we did like last season. You know, I don't, I don't think he's going to be viewing like Haskins as a replacement because I don't think Ben sees himself as someone who's going to be playing till he's 42. You know, I think the, the big biggest ben, concern is the age and, and the injury risk with that offensive line. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, offensively, I think they're in, um, I think they're in better hands than people might say because I know a lot of people like the first thing is they'll just try to rag on that O line. But well, a lot of people also point out that the coordinate offensive coordinator doesn't often call cause a uh, call a good game plan for the talent he has. Which honestly, I kind of there there are questions there to be completely honest because um, Juju probably is underutilized in favor of guys who drop the ball a whole lot more often than, than him. <laughs> um, well, no, it's just true. Juju is Juju is the best is the best pass catcher out of the big three. It's not you take him you know, over Claypool. Yeah, he's he's uh, Claypool actually has a lot more drops than you uh, than most people think, too. It's just when you're on a team with Deontay Johnson, people aren't going to talk about it. Um. So you could see that even with all these different packages that uh, somehow the coordinator manages to botch it. Um, I don't think he's that bad, though. I, d- I don't know what his name is off the top of my head either. Um, I-, I-, I would find it very hard to like it's, it's not like the Steelers have been known for losing games in the past. They come with a pedigree. If it's if it's really getting that bad, Tomlin's going to step in 
and he's going to fix things up. And this offense does have too much talent. It really, really does come down to Ben. But we've said that enough times. We need to jump onto this defense. Uh, okay. How big is the loss to Bud Dupree? Um, it's definitely going to be I, – I think it's going to be a, a pretty big loss. What about you? I mean, they did play with him without him last year uh, because he did get injured, what, week four, week five, somewhere in there. But I, I you know who, who was the, playing in his place. What was that? Who was who took over for him? Highsmith? Yeah, Highsmith took over for him. OK. Um, But I still uh, I don't know, I. So maybe it's really a no issue because the Steelers defense was great without him. I still would have and without Bush too. What was that? I said and without Bush too. Bush got injured like week three, I think. Yeah, but they got lucky that uh, the, that they signed Avery Williamson and then uh, they traded for Avery Williamson and, and Robert Spillane turned out to be something big on on the <clears> bench. <throat> um, is it accurate that Vince Williams is back? I thought Vince Williams retired. I'm seeing him on the depth chart right now. Yeah, I'm seeing um, him on both depth charts this. right now. Um, on so, Wikipedia, they have him for the Steelers. Okay, so Vince Williams did not I'm more surprised they got rid of Williamson. Why do you think they let uh, Williamson go? Uh, probably because they already had Spillane at backup and Devin Bush is coming back healthy. So it but was I'm a matter of, it was I a matter mean, I'm of still pain. surprised he's a I'm still surprised he's a free agent though. He's only he's twenty nine. He's still got a few years left. Yeah, someone'll pick him up. Well, actually I don't know. There's always there's always like, that line. The fact that it hasn't happened is weird. Yeah. yeah. There's always that linebacker or two that you think is gonna get the job. Like uh <laughs> Navarro Bowman was out of the league much sooner than most people thought he would be. Um, uh, Mason Foster comes to mind right off the top of my head. You can't tell me that uh, that Avery Williamson is that much better than Mason Foster was two two years ago. Mm. It's linebackers a position where unless you're in that small handful of people, you um, – it ages out pretty quick because of, of how much ground they have to cover in today's NFL. Yeah. But either way, so I, I guess I was just overplaying the loss of Bud Dupree because this defense is a defense that was, this defense was a top five defense last year. Well, definitely top 10, close to top five. Uh, it still has Cameron Hayward, still has Stefan to it, uh, TJ Watt on the line. So that line is still going to cause havoc for most play, uh, for most people. Uh, Minka is obviously great in the secondary. Edmonds is strong. Um, Joe Hayden's back too. Joe Hayden, he's yeah, he's solid. They lost Mike Hilton. They That's, did lose Mike Hilton, but I, but I don't know that. Um, like the Steelers, so like you know how there's some like the Steelers. To me, two things strike out um, or, or stand out for, for me with them is it, like. Like a lot of teams have that kind of like look, like um, like oh well, this team like usually has like a good linebacking core or whatever. Like no matter what, to me the Steelers are good at producing wide receivers and cornerbacks. So 
I'm not like I'm not too concerned that Mike Hilton what, leaving what is, them what is, is a your, huge uh, loss. What is your basis for the Steelers are good at producing wide receivers? Because really, that's just like a ten-year-old thing. For me, I feel like the well, Steelers are just really good at producing running backs. So I think he, I think the reason you're saying that is just because you're lower than I am on like Deontay and um, Claypool, and I guess even Juju. I I, I think. I think, uh, well, I mean, you were saying that he's under underutilized. Um, I just think that I think the Steelers are really good at, at no, if not I'm producing them, then at least just allowing for production from them. And same with their defensive scheme. Um, it just helps with these. If I'm uh, thinking of a team that produces wide receivers, though, I'm not thinking of the Steelers first. There's so many other teams that I'm not I think saying, produce wide receivers better than the Steelers. Oh, Whereas, I'm not saying that they're the best in it. I'm just saying, like, usually a team has something that they're that stands out. Like Green Bay would be probably like linemen. Um, uh, you could look at like well, Green Bay would be oh man because they've managed to uh, their last three quarterbacks have been what Rogers, Favre, and uh, Mishkowski. So. I don't think you could really take a team for a 10-year period and say this team is known for this uh, based off of 10 years. I, I feel like it's something that goes back farther. And I, I guess the Steelers did have bigger wide receivers back in the day, but I feel like I can remember a time when the Steelers' wide receiver core was not much of anything and uh, they relied on a strong running game. I, I mean, this is just a side note anyway. I I, I think I agree with you uh, that the, the, the that the Steelers always seem to generate uh, secondary members, and they also seem to always generate uh, running backs. I just I don't know. I guess our biggest difference comes on uh, our view of Deontay Johnson. Yeah, but um, I mean, again, like it's it's not like this is a, a losing team. Um, oh, correct. So you you have them at second. So you have them. You said around twelve wins. You just have the Browns above that. I I probably I I probably have them somewhere in a, in that eleven twelve game. I haven't I haven't gone through and mapped out every game one at a time. I I think the Steelers are substantially enough over five hundred. I just think that the Browns are a team that could win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Uh, you know when it all comes down to it, I I love the way that the that their defense stacks up versus versus the passing offenses of the AFC. And don't get me wrong. I, I still love the Steelers defense, but I don't, I, I couldn't picture the Steelers defense shutting down when slowing down the chiefs in the playoffs. Um, now, granted, I don't think we've seen the Steelers defense versus the chiefs in the playoffs yet. So maybe that all changes uh, whenever it does happen. But um you know, and don't get me wrong. I love T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's one of my favorite defensive players in the league, and Minka Fitzpatrick is is, is amazing. Uh, Ter- uh, Terrell Edmonds, Joe Hayden, uh, going down the list again. I'm just saying this defense isn't quite as good as it was a year ago. In a league where teams have to get better to stay relevant, when I look yeah. at the Steelers' offense, they added a couple of big pieces. 
Um, so I, I so I will say that uh, you know because of Najee and Baby Gronk that the Steelers' offense got better. Their defense didn't get better. Uh, it got a little worse. And you know the truth is, offensive coordinators, it's their job in the offseason to study the tape and figure out how to make it work. This Steelers defense is very much the same. And I, I get it that the Steelers defense is a good one every single year. So maybe um, so, so maybe my point is moot here. I just, you know, you don't have Hilton. You don't have Dupree, which you didn't play with most of last season. So I guess moot again. Um, you know, if, if you did, we ever find where the Steelers were in the rankings last year? Well, like uh, um, for best defense 2020 NFL. You could see them regressing a couple of steps. That That's all I'm saying. Um, oh, did wait. The NFL had the best defense. Uh, the Steelers had the best defense last year. I thought that was the Rams. Yeah, that was the Rams. Let oh, this is through check. 12 weeks um, of the season. Man, how do I find so... articles like that so much quicker? <laughs> so they were third. So, okay, yeah. So if they were third, you, you could see them falling back to fifth or sixth this year. Um, I could. The Browns were 21st. So, I mean, you know, the, the Browns are, are very much improved on paper. Um, but again, I guess just like with the Bengals, like it's it's one of those things where I want to see it. Because for all we know, like John Johnson won't be as good as he was with the Rams. Like maybe the Rams system and scheme was just that much better. I mean, keep in mind, they did lead the league and um, enough that their defensive coordinator was taken by the, the Chargers. Yeah, but John Johnson um, was also good before that defensive coordinator got there. That's fair. I, I just, you know, I, I guess what separates them from the Browns for me is just um, the quarterback and how I I believe you can get Baker Mayfield frazzled to where he's going to make a lot of mistakes. I think Big Ben's just not going to care. But it's funny I, I think because Big, you actually, when I asked you, about the quarterbacks for the division, you actually put Big Ben last in the division, and I know you said, right, but again, that's, that's yeah, that's because I think this might be the year he breaks down. But if he doesn't, then I think he he, um, you know, it's like I I put him last because of of his age, and I think that that could easily be a factor. Um, but I think like if they made it to the playoffs. I think Big Ben is in a better spot, at least based on going off of what we saw last year. Because, I mean, maybe Baker Mayfield has improved in in his confidence. But, like, I see him as someone who can get frazzled, um, kind of like Goff. Like, you know, in, in spite of a good offense, get frazzled and not, like, lead the team back from that. Whereas Big Ben's just going to be like, whatever, I don't care, and chuck it. Yet this is the exact opposite of what we saw of those two teams in the playoffs last year. 
You think Big, Big ben, ben was the one who got frazzled in, in the opening moments, who was sitting in with his head between his legs uh, as if the, it was all over. And Baker was the one leading a drive to potentially uh, win the game, that, that uh, which didn't fall through. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm just saying, Baker almost beat the Chiefs with or without Mahomes last year. Uh, in my, you know, if, if we're gonna if we're gonna think what the Buccaneers did to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl last year is so amazing, then we have to then we have to actually get give the Browns a pat on the back for uh, uh, for for what they did in the playoffs versus the Chiefs. Yeah, but they didn't have Mahomes. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, do you Buccaneers think if they did? Do you the, think the Buccaneers didn't have to face a real Mahomes either? But do you think if uh, do you think if they had him, that um, that Baker is going to be playing just as well, or do you think that's going to get in his head? Because I'm leaning that it's going to get in his head. We've seen Baker in the playoffs once, right? Yeah. So we have no reason to think that it would get into his head. Why do you say that? He he didn't lose that game because it got into his head last year. He lost that game because they, they were facing Maybe, a superior they team. Mahomes. So they also didn't half. have. Well, hello. Yeah, but then when he was, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, but the the point is, is that he wasn't there for the whole game, and I think if he was, I think that that pressure would get to Mayfield. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out based off of what though, like what, like what are you basing that off of? When has Baker choked? Well, I guess in. Well, I guess in this, it's just as compared to to um, Big Ben because that's what that's. I mean, that's what we're talking about, really. I mean, but this, this the Steelers big, versus this version of Big Ben choked in the playoffs versus these Browns, who are much improved last year. Yeah, but he always does that. He always, like I said, he he's he's got like like at least like four games a year where he's like completely like depressed looking. And then the press conference, he's going to talk about retiring or whatever. And then you see him come out the next game and he just acts like he doesn't care. And then he'll start to do well. So if you can catch Big Ben on one of those games in the playoffs, I think that would do better. I'm just trying to point uh, out that I don't think Baker's a head case. I'm just trying to point out there's no evidence for Baker being a head case. Okay. Any more so than there is evidence that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a head case or Joe Burrow is going to be a head case. Or, dare I say, Justin Herbert is going to be a head case. They haven't been in the spot, so therefore we can just assume that they won't be able to handle the spot. No. I don't know. Maybe it's just the eye test for me. I mean, you brought up the eye test with uh, with Lamar, kind of despite yeah. his stats. Um, 
I guess that's probably what it is for me with Mayfield. And I, I can I agree just, by I, the eye test in the past, Maker Mayfield has has not looked uh, has not looked like he's a elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just you know I have to go if we're judging by the eye test. Uh, there are things being said about him by coaches this offseason, guys who are seeing him up front that uh, that are saying that this is you know. This is there, there's something special about what's going on with him this year. Yeah, I don't know. Just, just I can give it a few more looks. May, may, maybe you change your opinion. I'm will. I'm actually willing to go back here. As long as you make the decision before the season starts, our breads for bragging rights can either be the division, uh, Bengals and Browns versus Steelers and Ravens. Or we can switch it back to uh, Landry and Odell versus uh, Johnson and Claypool. I will give you a little more time to to watch uh, the Browns offseason unfold. How about that? Okay. I'll take that. So... Because you could be right. It could be everyone. It, it could be all the other people that are that are betting on Baker to win MVP that, that, that are wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't even dream of bet, bet on the betting on betting on Baker to win the MVP. <laughs> or you could have just missed something. Up yeah. Yeah. Either way, it should be a good division. Um once again, my final standings are uh, Cleveland one edging out Pittsburgh, who's also a playoff team too, um, and then uh, Bengals three just edging out Ravens four. So that's that's where I have the whole thing. Uh, I know my Bengals stance right. is much different than it was probably even this time last week. So, <laughs> yeah, and I, I just have those uh, you know those pairs flipped. I have one and two flipped, but like. It's not like a huge degree of separation, and I have three and four flip, but it's it's not a, a huge degree of separation either. And we um, both have two teams in, two teams out. Yeah. So, or I'm assuming, do you have the Ravens in? Um, I think they'll just miss it. Actually, think- no, let me change that. I, I think the Ravens can make it. So you think the Ravens are potentially an 11 win team? Yeah. Okay. So you're putting three in. Cool. Yeah. NFC West light. All right. Oh yeah. No, uh, NFC West is going to have me bugging for, for a bit. Cause I, I I'm starting to think <laughs> there could be four there, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, no, we, we talked about that already. So, uh, yeah. So, um, seems like a good time to wrap up the show. And, uh, once again, I want to thank, uh, you for being a part of tonight, Ethan. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, a little bit of back and forth on this one as a whole, especially when we got to the last, especially when we got to the last two teams, but it, uh, no, it, it was definitely fun talking and, uh, always a privilege to have you on the show. Any closing uh, remarks? Um, I'm sorry, Zach. I probably misrepresented your team. 
I guess that's that's my uh, forward apology. I mean, I, you're I, the I, one I, who put them in first, so uh, I, yeah, I will come but... right out and say I am not sorry, Zach. Um, I know you also <laughs> don't like uh, Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool too, though. But uh, you know, I I really think the Browns are better than your Steelers. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it was fun talking. Thank you, everyone, for tuning and listening. I appreciate it. We had a lot of ton- fun discussing uh, the AFC North tonight, and uh, it really should be a nice, fun, competitive division. I know we've talked about it a lot over the course of uh, draft episodes and when we interjected with other divisions in, in, divisional, uh, uh, in, in the divisional matchups. Um, wow. And I am tongue tying right here. We talked about it a lot during the during the schedule episodes, but either way, uh, it should be a fun division to watch. It, it almost always is. Uh, strong defenses, strong running games, strong pass games, really has everything. This division represents the NFL very well. Um, overall, in, in all the different styles of football that you, there can be, and uh, I think that's one of the things that makes it so entertaining. So this Friday, I will be doing, I will be flying solo on an episode more than likely, but there's also a chance that we interject with a, uh, with an AFC South episode. I got to think uh, how the scheduling goes. So I can't tell you right now if it's going to be me flying solo with news or if it's going to be AFC South featuring the return of Dave, uh, David Black. Uh, But either way, it's going to be a fun show and, uh, Hope you tune in and listen. Thank you once again. I really appreciate you guys. This is J-Mill signing off for J-Mill's, uh, for J-Mill for Real podcast. Have a great night, guys.